2: Hey there, and welcome to the FeedFeed Feed podcast. I'm Alexa Santos, a food editor at the Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the Feed Feed podcast, I'm speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community to hear their stories, culinary inspiration, and get some of their best cooking tips. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Liam Donofy, aka at Liam's Lunchbox on social media, He is a viral food content creator and self-taught cook who loves to explore the intersection of comedy and food. His content is always a favorite of celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay's on TikTok, and Liam has also been featured on MTV's Ridiculousness and CBS Sunday Morning, among others. Welcome to the Feed Feed podcast, Liam. I am so excited to have
3: you. Hello. Thanks for having me.
2: Of course. So, much to unpack with everything that you have going on, but so let's start, I guess, from the beginning. When you were growing up as a young lad, where were you and what was kind of the food that you grew up with?
3: Okay. So uh, I grew up in the super cold town of uh, Brunswick, Ohio. Um Nice super exciting there it's a it's a great it's a great place bustling um,
2: metropolis yeah,
3: yeah exactly uh no it's a kind of like a bridge between you kind of just pick and chose what you were like you're in the suburbs but people chose to be from the deep city or like some people acted ghetto and some people acted country but like It was the suburbs, Uh, but like, but like the food I grew up with there, it was mostly like if you ever went there, pretty much every single place is like bar food. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, like they have a burger, they have wings, they have pizza, they have like mozzarella sticks. It's like almost every single place kind of has those things. I would normally get like, yeah, I, I would normally get like, uh, like I, I I went through phases of like maybe I'd get burgers places or maybe I would do uh you know like wraps and salads. That's when I started eating healthier. Uh, even though the salads are just filled with like a bunch of sauce and like fried chicken, like and it's it's not healthy. Yeah, like mayonnaise. But like from a young age, I feel like I was eating a lot of McDonald's. Like my my grandma would take me to McDonald's probably every single day. Like because she like babysat me when my mom couldn't you know handle me anymore. Uh, so she would take me to McDonald's and I I blame her for getting me, uh, making me a chubby child because um, we would eat McDonald's every single day. Uh, and then we'd go to Drug Mart and she'd buy me a little WWF action figure, not even WWE. Um, what is the so difference between like,
2: WWF and WWE?
3: Uh, World Wrestling Federation and I think World Wrestling Entertainment is what it is. Uh, WWF so is, is WWF when, like, Hulk Hogan is. Oh, it's the same thing, but like renamed, like there's Hulk Hogan and like Stone Cold and WWF. Then it went to WWE, which like John Cena, I think was even in between those like, but, but yeah. So I grew up on a lot of McDonald's. I liked Wendy's growing up. Like honestly, Brunswick, Ohio is like, it's a whole line of every single fast food chain, like back to back to back. And then there's a whole line of like restaurants that are just like bar food And then we have like two Mexican restaurants that people fight over. Neither are authentic, but they were pretty much considered the best, you know, they were considered the best of the city. Um, I don't think I had like a risotto or like any like actual fancy food until I went on a cruise in like junior year of high school. Like I don't think I had anything that wasn't like bar food, fast food, or like um, we call it like Baja Mexican food is what it's called. It's, like, pretty much, like, queso blanco on everything, uh, which is yeah. delicious, but it's it's not, like, authentic. Um, okay. And then I guess, so you know, like, super, Polish food.
2: Yeah, not a super diverse upbringing with uh, culinary, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah,
3: but then okay. towards, like, high school, towards high school, I started getting into, like, sushi and, like, uh Mexican food like instead of just American I started eating like Japanese food and I'm like oh this is like my favorite thing now like any sort of Asian food I liked um but I always like tried the weirdest thing on menus when I was growing up like same thing as now but
2: Yeah so I feel like your the way your content is now is sort of reminiscent of that kind of culinary upbringing with having like fast food and like weird food. And so is that kind of what inspired that or what?
3: I think so. Um, like, like I just made like Korean beef sloppy joes. I've always liked, Oh, okay. So here's a story. Uh, when I was like, I was on a field trip when I was probably like in fourth grade and it was me and my friend and we were at the zoo and we were by the butterfly exhibit and, um, I mean, that's not a necessary, uh, detail I needed to say, but I felt like that's it was important. necessary. Um, mm-hmm. and we had uh watermelon cubes and then we had like something else. We were probably eating like chicken nuggets or something. So we had ranch with the chicken nuggets and we had watermelon cubes. And then I was like, what if I dipped the ranch uh the watermelon in the ranch? And I did it. And I took a bite of it and I'm like, Oh, this is so good. Even though like, I remember I was just pretending to be cool that it was good. Like it wasn't (laughs) actually good, but like, uh, I was like, what if I like open a restaurant one day where it's like two things that you don't think would go together that actually would taste good together. And I'm like, that was when I was literally probably like seven or eight years old. And I feel like I've had the same mindset of like oh, let's mix two things that don't think there's like, all my content is really just fusion of two things that you don't think would mix and end up tasting good. And some of them don't okay. taste good. Uh, But I feel like it's been since I was probably like seven years old when I wanted to open this restaurant. And I I, I wanted to call it Shecky Boo Boo. I don't know why that was why? where my mind my mind was at. But I mean, I wasn't like a, restaurant enthusiast at the time. So I didn't even know like why I thought that was the name of it, but yeah, I guess I wanted Hmm. to do something like that for a long time, but.
2: So give us some examples of things that you've combined and if they were good or bad.
3: Okay. Um, so the, the weirdest one, I think actually the, the other day, uh, I always t- I always tell people Fruity Pebble mozzarella sticks is like actually like the the pinnacle of like my page if I could describe it because it's like I wouldn't expect those two things to go good together but they do. Um and then like honey bun with cheese. Uh mm. I tried that trend and that was really good. Uh was surprisingly it? good. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Um okay. I just think like che- like cheese and sweet go good together but like That's true something that like Korean beef sloppy Joe was nuts. Uh, it was really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of something that I combined that wasn't good. A lot of things actually turn out being pretty good, but like, um, an example of something that's bad, like banana ham hollandaise is disgusting.
2: What does Um, that even mean?
3: It's like a banana wrapped in ham covered in hollandaise sauce. It's not good, (laughs) but it's, but it's it's better than you would think. Actually, it's not even the worst thing that I've had on my page. But it's it's better than you think. But I would never eat it ever, in um, a okay. million years. Um, and then I'm trying to think of something that was really bad. I mean, I made lump soup from the cartoon Big Mouth. It's like orange juice and nacho cheese. And that's terrible that it, it literally just tastes like stomach acid. It tastes like if someone puked, like if you puke in your own mouth, that's exactly what it tastes like. Um, so yeah, I would definitely not recommend, uh, those ones. There's definitely like extremes on my page where it's like, don't try this. Um, but lately I've been trying to make it more like everything is edible, at least edible and everything's at least like, at least, like, somebody will like it or find some sort of, like, oh, this is kind of good. Um, instead okay. of, like, you know, the weird, like, off-the-wall kind of things that's, like, I don't even want to taste it. Uh-huh. Flamin' well, Hot, mar- uh, uh, yeah, Hot Cheeto. Yeah, uh, Flamin' Hot Cheeto Rice Krispies are good, too. but
2: Flamin' Hot Cheeto Rice Krispies. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that being good. <laughs> So yeah, Yeah. I mean there's a lot of like junk food and like kind of crazy stuff, but as far as like I guess real real cuisine, like is there anything that you like to make or anything that you I guess are inspired by or enjoy? Um
3: I actually I don't even eat junk food really, to be honest with you. Like I'm on on a daily basis, I just like I don't uh, enjoy snacking and I don't like like chips and like Cheetos and like burgers and stuff like that. Like wings are one of my like favorite things ever. And I don't even really eat those that often. Like I mostly just like, like sushi and like pokey and Mediterranean food or salads or sandwiches or wraps, like pretty much just any sort of lighter fare is kind of what I enjoy. Um, So it's all a farce. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's just mostly because, like, it's something that everyone can relate to. uh, Like, everyone could relate to, like, a like a pizza chicken or, like, pizza pot pie. Like, because pe- everyone knows pizza, but, like, when I make something like okonomiyaki, like, I've made okonomiyaki, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is incredible. I love this okonomiyaki dish that I made. But, like, no one cares, really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and the only time they've ever cared about my Okonomiyaki recipe is when I voiced over it with Gordon Ramsay. I was like, Gordon Ramsay has reacted to a bunch of my videos. And it's like, I I just put that voice over the Okonomiyaki video and it finally got views. But people don't care about the actual Okonomiyaki.
2: Got it. But that's but not yeah. how you actually eat at all.
3: No. A lot of people think like, oh, you're eating all this crazy stuff. I'm like, I literally take a bite and then I give the rest to like my roommates. <laughs> like and if they want to eat it they can if they don't they don't um okay but so do
2: you have yeah. like cooking experience like where so you're kind of a self-taught home cook but you know i know you've worked in restaurants and stuff too so what's kind of your culinary experience then
3: um i think i was always like like i said growing up like all, although i didn't try like a bunch of different cuisines i really only had like access to like americanized versions of uh like japanese mexican uh american like you know like americanized versions of different cuisines um not actually authentic i at least like to like be open minded and try new foods from different places and then as i got older i just like started combining things like we would do like doritos ramen or something like me and my brother did like a doritos peanut butter and jelly sandwich um but like as far as actual cooking goes um, it kind of started the same way as like me just experimenting at home. Cause I like wanted to see what goes good together. And, mm-hmm. uh, before I started my cooking job, I, oh, actually pretty much every job I had is, was in the food industry. Like I first worked at like an ice cream place. It was liquid nitrogen ice cream. And then after that I worked at like, um, you know, I work, I've worked at Buffalo Wild Wings making wings and burgers and fries and, like, all these other kind of, like, American foods. And then I worked at uh, Jersey Mike's making sandwiches. And then I worked at um, Lao Sichuan. It's a uh, Chinese place. And I worked there as a busser, though. But I, like, used to watch the cooks in the back and see how they do this stuff, like, with uh-huh. the wok. Um, and then finally, Ooh. I think where I got the most experience from was really from uh, – uh good times at Davy Wayne's in Hollywood. Uh I did security there after my short lived uh sous chef uh experience <laughs> in a in, uh, in a uh a bar kitchen. Um even though what I mean it wasn't a sous sous there chef, really um I was I, we used to call ourselves like uh kitchen rats is what uh that's what our head chef would call us. We he would call oh us kitchen God. rats. Um, but you guys are just kitchen rats, like me, dude. Like his, he was a sur- uh, like a stoner surfer guy, oh and I, he was like, "What's up? My name's Chef Laj." Um, but it was it was cool because <laughs> like he worked at Michelin star restaurants and then just chose to work at a bar because like it was easier, made more money for him or something, and then um, mm-hmm. we would make like everything from scratch, which was cool because I learned how things were made. Um, he taught me how to like make pico. He taught me knife skills, uh, which is kind of where I learned most. My knife skills from was him. He Mm -hmm. taught me the claw. He taught me the claw. I remember when I I was in there, I'm like, I just don't understand how people do this. Like, how do people cut with a claw? He goes, you cut yourself enough times and then you start doing it. Yeah. And then, and then I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I cut myself enough times and I learned how to do the claw. It's like, you just really have to learn by throwing yourself into the Chaos, and that's how you learn. You just keep failing and failing and failing until you learn something. But I did burgers, I did nacho cheese from scratch. We did pico de gallo, like knife skills, uh, um, really just how to like cut everything, like knife skills on a lot of different things. We did, Mm -hmm. uh, like shrimp, bacon, grilled cheese. We did like, uh, really just bar food mostly. He, He, we made like brisket and pulled pork and, uh, what else fries
2: uh, a, I mean that's a good selection of items just, I mean, I've never been to a bar that had that many good options, for, yeah, for yeah. what to
3: eat, yeah, but we I think we had more too, but uh I can't really remember, but I mean everything was good, I mean, it was probably the best grilled cheese I had, oh, mac and cheese, his mac Ooh. and cheese was what people came for, like we would just make it on the fly too, and it was like the easiest mac and cheese ever, and I swear to God it was like better than like. Probably nine out of ten mac and cheeses that I've ever had, maybe even ten. What out did of
2: 10. he put in it?
3: What was in it? it? It was literally just like white cheddar, aged gouda, heavy cream, and uh, like you'd just top it with like uh, bacon and like uh, or like shrimp or like bacon and shrimp or pulled pork or brisket, and like it was just so simple but super good. Um, I want that. Yeah, I don't know, but it was it was good. It definitely made you feel like uh like stomach ache, nauseous after, but like uh, <laughs> because like when you're drinking and then you eat like a plate of like heavy mac and cheese, you're gonna feel like not good. Um, yeah, but like it tasted incredible, that's for sure. Um, but like okay. the barbecue sauce was made from scratch. Like his Cali Boom Boom sauce was made from scratch. Like we would cut the pickles to go into like the secret sauce and stuff. It was just like. Kind of prided himself on making everything from scratch, which was cool.
2: Well, that's cool. So it seems like you kind of got like a foundation under you of, you know, how to just navigate a kitchen and make real food and, you know, something, you know, other than just like picking up fast food every night so that at least you're kind of, you have that foundation to make legitimate food for yourself, which is sort of, I guess, what brought you to where you are now, I assume? Yeah,
3: pretty much. Uh, But like during that period of me working there, I was like, oh shit, like, I really want to do this like food thing now. Like I was thinking like, I need to be like, I need to get really good at this. And now I'm kind of like, I don't really care about being like the greatest cook ever. But like during that time in the kitchen, like at home after work, like even after I worked 12 hour days at this bar, like cooking food and standing on my feet all day and cleaning, like I would go home and I'd stop at like Ralph's or Vons and pick up ingredients and then cook for myself at home and like try to experiment in the kitchen at home like do I want to make like a I made like an Eggo waffle burger that I made like peanut butter and jelly nookie, and then I made like I just kept like experimenting in the kitchen at home and then I started like over quarantine actually I just like learned how to do so much like knife skills and what is a quenelle what's a like uh like like learning the mother sauces and learning how to mm-hmm. cut different fruits and vegetables, and like pretty much I'd like watched over like a hundred videos and pretty much like gave myself an online course the first few months of quarantine. I probably watched like over a hundred videos on like cooking, and then I took a cooking class for probably about a month bef- a year before quarantine, I probably took like a month of cooking classes um. I don't even remember what we cooked. it was kind of like watching him cook and like he just he, it, yeah and he just like told us what to do in groups and stuff um but I mean I learned a little bit from that I just learned a little bit here and there I feel like people don't think I know how to cook because of the things right. I make, but uh-huh. I, occasionally I'll get few comments like this dude knows how to cook he just chooses not to. <laughs> like but like I'm yeah. still I'm I'm still cooking, but people don't take it seriously because like they're like, oh, it's not real food. It's a um uh uh like a a ramen burger. Like the buns are made of ramen. I'm like, I'm still cooking it. Like and if right. anything, like making the buns of ramen is harder than just using regular buns. So it's mm-hmm. like um I don't know. I think it's just because I did some more weird content in the past that they don't take it as seriously, but I don't really care because I try to not take myself too seriously sometimes or this whole thing called life really. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. it's just like it's not it's not that serious. Nothing's that serious. Once it gets too serious, there's problems as all. Well. But
2: Okay. Well thank you for yeah. your wise your wise words. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors.
1: This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com.
2: So is there, I guess, do you at this point now that you've kind of come full circle of like not having any idea how to cook to then learning a little bit and being kind of, I guess, obsessive about it and wanting to become the best at it to then realizing like, eh, there's, there's probably no point in doing that. Where do you kind of see yourself? Like, do you still have goals of becoming a better cook? Like, are there certain cuisines you want to become more, you know, prolific in? Like, a, what, where do you kind of see yourself in your your culinary journey taking you next? Um, I think,
3: uh, lately I've been kind of like bored of cooking, to be honest. Uh, I've been like bored of like, I really, really enjoy learning. I like learning about new things and I like learning about like myself. I like learning how to cook new things. Um, but like, I I don't think I ever want to just plateau on like cooking necessarily. I feel like that'd be like, dumb, because I always want to be in the cooking, uh, or at least food world, I want to be in the mm-hmm. food world somehow, even if I do like transition to be like, fully comedy, like fully like doing comedy and like doing like movies or TV shows or like uh, YouTube or just doing like skits or some sort of different type of content, like in the comedy world, I still want to continue to learn about food and like I don't want to just not know how to make sushi the rest of my life or not know how to do pokey or not know how to like fillet a fish. Uh I don't know, like just certain like techniques. Um I don't know. There's certain, there's definitely certain things I still want to learn, but I'm not trying to be the next Gordon Ramsay. I'm not trying to be the next uh uh you know, like, uh, the moody foodie or something, you know, <laughs> like, oh <my> God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not trying to be like, uh, like the next, like best chef in the world. Cause like, that's not what I really care about. Um, I don't know. I think it's important to stay a student, even if you are the best. Um, cause once you think, you know, everything, then that's when you really stop growing. Uh, Mm -hmm. so that's, that's, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm going to continue to learn, but I'm not going to be like putting all my effort into learning. I think my learning is just going to come by me jumping into these recipes that I don't even know how to make like, um, a croquette. I've never made a croquette. So obviously when I make it, if I fail, then I fail at it. And then I learn, but if I make it, then I learn as well. So it's like, it's just by doing what I'm doing, I'm already going to be learning, you know? like the longer uh-huh. i do this the more i'm going to learn so
2: well thank you for your for your wise words again very important <laughs> <laughs> so what are some i guess when you're cooking at home whether you're learning or not what are some ingredients that you always have in your kitchen
3: ingredients that i always have in my kitchen
2: yeah do i even oh, want to know
3: let me think um my freezer my my fridge is mostly sauces um, <laughs> and it's like it's cause like a lot of people are like, Oh, it's cause you like used to cover yourself in sauce for content. But it's like, it's not even that it's just like, I, I think a lot of like cooks know, like if you're going to make a recipe, you're not going to use hoisin in every recipe, right? That hoisin is going to last you like months. Like, so it's like you buy, you buy hoisin then you buy ranch, then you buy sriracha, then you buy like you just buy a bunch of different sauces for different recipes, and then your whole fridge is full of sauces because you can't use all – you don't use these sauces on a daily basis. Like the only ones that I actually replace like weekly or monthly is like ranch or like Caesar dressing because like I have salads at home. But like I don't really use ketchup every day. I don't use like mustard every day. So it's like it's a lot of sauces. Um <laughs> <I put> my- <laughs> And then, like, I'll have something sweet. So we're sweet. stocked on sauces. Yeah. Like, I'll have something sweet. Like, it could either be, like, Oreos, Ben & Jerry's, uh, vegan ice cream, mochi ice cream, any sort of, like, low-calorie or vegan ice creams. normally in my fridge, too. Um, Things to, like, try. Like, I like trying every flavor of Pop-Tart or Oreos or... Mm-hmm. You know, like a weird snack is normally at my place. And then. So, what's um, your favorite
2: flavor of Pop Tart?
3: Favorite flavor of Pop Tart? I think the top two. I think there's like a wild cherry is really good. Wild I cherry? Like wi- okay. I like wild cherry. I like wild berry.
2: Wild uh, berry. I actually definitely have the best like.
3: One. Yeah, I have like an actual list of the best Pop Tarts. Um, but I think those two are definitely up there and i also like the cinnamon roll and peach cobbler one but if we're talking if we're talking like classic pop tart it's obviously blueberry like Mm -hmm. uh if we're talking like just out of the classics because wild wild berry is not even necessarily classic but
2: i feel like it is i had wild berry like my whole childhood
3: no, I mean, I, I definitely feel you on that, but I'm saying like if we're just talking like the the sprinkly Pop-Tarts, like raspberry, yeah. cherry, grape, brown sugar, cinnamon, and strawberry, like one you could find at the gas station or any 7-Eleven. Okay. Like Wildberry, Wild you might have to check like a few different grocery stores for sometimes. Okay. So but, you mean just
2: like the the plainer ones?
3: Yeah, the ones that you can, are readily assess- accessible at any time.
2: Okay. All right, well, I can agree on those, and then what's the best flavor of Ben and Jerry's?:
3: um, see that one's uh, that one's a little tough because recently I had a new flavor that was really good, but I guess I'll give you like the top few, like okay there's a, there's a strawberry pop tart flavor, which is really good. That's
2: a flavor of Ben and Jerry's.:
3: Yeah, it's called strawberry topped tart. Ooh. Uh, that one's, uh, really good. Cinnamon bun has always been like probably number one for a really long time until a few surrounders kind of like gave it, to, uh, gave it its run for its money or whatever, how the phrase is called. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so cinnamon bun was kind of like number one for a while until like strawberry pop tart came along. There's a cheesecake truffle one. That one's really good. Uh, there's a tiramisu flavor. That's really good. And then there's dirt cake. That's the recent one. That's really good. And then, uh, Netflix and Chilled is like a peanut butter pretzel one. So those are probably my top. Those are definitely my top five or six, whatever it was.
2: Okay. Well, I'm in the mood for all of those. Those all sound fantastic. And a lot of ones that I haven't heard of. So if you are a Ben and Jerry's connoisseur, be sure to write that down because there are some flavors that I've never heard of. And i thought i was pretty well versed in ben and jerry's but i guess not
3: yeah but it seems no, like you're kind of always on the hunt the for
2: things like this yeah it seems like this is I part am. of your life just looking for these
3: <laughs> i know uh, cuz i used to uh, how i got into the food content is not only like you know like like whatever i was eating healthy and went through the four different eating disorder thing like i uh, started reviewing <laughs> i like like i st- started like reviewing foods uh, like reviewing snacks, like Oreos and fast food and stuff like that. I just started reviewing it and it was getting views on YouTube. So I'm like, okay, let's uh, uh, just keep trying them. And then once I stopped doing that, I still wanted to try every new flavor. Cause you know, like if I'm ever at dinner, like I'm like, Oh, let's get something here that we can't get somewhere else. Like if there's a octopus dish, you can't get that everywhere. Like an octopus tail. That's like I don't know. Like you can't get that at every restaurant. Uh but like you can get like a lemon uh lemon pasta from like any Italian restaurant. <laughs> so it's like so <laughs> like every
2: uh, Italian God. restaurant.
3: <laughs> but like it's really just like I I'm one to always like try the new thing that I haven't tried or that is different about something. I just like taking the road uh less traveled by. You know that oh quote, by, uh, I
2: sure quote by uh who's the quote
3: by I don't uh, know. It's um Benjamin Stilton or whatever.
2: I don't know. But okay, sounds good. <laughs> so tell me on that note, besides Benjamin Stilton, who inspires you? Um
3: who inspires me? Oh, see, it's really funny that you asked that Alexa. Uh <laughs> uh so People who inspire me—it's not many people in the food world, really, which is funny.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, if let's start with the food world, but okay. When I was uh, a young lad, I watched uh, Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zim- Andrew Zimmern, and it's kind of funny that I was watching that and what I'm doing now, because uh, like he's also one to like try the weird thing and the bizarre foods. Um, that was his whole thing. So he was probably one of the first people to really inspire me to like do the whole weird food uh thing because I always wanted to try new things like that. So he was probably one. Um and then Anthony Bourdain, uh his whole vibe inspires me, but like not his necessarily like his show and cooking background inspires me. Like his whole vibe of being like the cool guy, like making food cool again. Like that's right. what I inspires me about him, but not necessarily like his show and like who he is and everything he's about or whatever, but like him making food cool again. Obviously Gordon Ramsay's like everyone's inspiration as well. Uh he's he's dope. Um but as far as like just celebrities in general, like I I love uh, you know, like Pete Davidson and like Eric Andre and Andy Milanakis and like Riff Raff, uh like those, those, those guys, you know, maybe even like a little bit of Kanye or Kid Cudi kind of vibes. Uh, Why? And it, what is yeah. the reasoning? Uh, or like Steve-O and like Maddie Matheson, like, like Andy Malinakis, uh yeah. Pete Davidson, Eric Andre. Like those guys are um, all probably the people that I admire the most and like think are super cool. Uh, throw little dicky in there uh benny blanco as well like lil nas charlie day the whole cast of always sunny in philadelphia i don't know they're just those, all they're
2: great
3: yeah all I, like everyone i listed i'm like those those people are all kind of my actual inspirations uh like those are more my celebrities that i'm like like stoked about you know and i don't know the reasoning why I ended up in the food world, but those are all, like, comedy musicians or uh, actors, you know, like, or, like, just even, like, improv, like, like what Pete Davidson does, but, like, they're all, like, comedy or actors and stuff or musicians. Uh, None of them really do food. So it's, like, I guess it's hard for me to decide, like, do I take the route of the comedy realm, like, the, especially the weird comedy, all of them do, like, strange different things but they're all true to themselves I think and they're all very I don't know they're just stoked to be themselves you know like they're they're very real as well. Um, That's a
2: nice way to put it.
3: Yeah, they're all super funny, real um and then like I don't know how I ended up in the food world necessarily um but maybe it's just the it's it's hard to find the bridge between comedy and food because it's like I do look up to those guys more than the food people but uh I guess it goes to show like why I'm doing comedy and food if those are my inspirations but I also like the whole um food realm and that's why I say I'll never lose the I'll never leave the food realm like uh cuz I do like trying new foods and food has like been a part of my life for so long and it always will be but also like I just want to do more comedy, I guess, is what it is.
2: So I think that makes sense. I think it's all kind of coming together for me. But I do have (laughs) one last question for you that's very important. It's um, PG-rated F-marry-kill. So I'm going to give you three food items. And you have to decide which one you want to F, which one you want to marry, and which one you want to kill and why. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, so we've got three. We've got... Sushi, salad, and ice cream.
3: Oh wow, those are like the three pinnacles of my diet. Um I'm aware. F Mary Kill. Okay. Um I gotta figure out kill first, really.
2: Okay, start with that.
3: <sighs> okay. I gotta think about my health here too, because I am terrified of mercury poisoning, so like can I really do sushi daily? Um mm. that's a tough one, you know? Like and salad could really be I mean, are we we're not talking about like a tuna salad and a chicken salad. We're talking about like lettuce salad. Yeah,
2: like a salad um, that you like.
3: Okay. Um realistically, salad I could eat every day, probably more than sushi. Um I feel like all the so rice that's Mary? mercury could be a problem. But I mean I can't kill ice cream, so I think I might f sushi. I might have to kill salad just because, like, I I would get so bored of it. I don't think I'd get bored of sushi because, like, truthfully, you you could hide some vegetables in some sushi, right? Like, you could do cucumber. You could even do like, you know, you get the you get the seaweed. Uh, you could even make Same. the sushi into like you could even do like a pokey like a deconstructed sushi bowl. You know, throw some. And a mommy in it or something carrots
2: you could get creative
3: yeah you can get creative with both of them really um I guess I'd kill salad only because it's like uh I feel like I'd get bored of it I don't know that's tough I always tell people if I could eat one thing the rest of my life it'd probably be salad because it how like you could really eat it every day uh and not like be malnourished this is probably the hardest question i've ever been asked in my entire life um so i guess (laughs) your answer so i guess i would f ice cream it just seems like a Fable thing um and then i guess i would kill salad and marry sushi wow i'm just like i'm scared of actually committing to that answer because like it's just like you know, I'm not the best decision maker, but um, yeah.
2: Yeah. It seems like you're going to lose some sleep over this.
3: I know I actually might. I might actually like want to like redo this whole podcast one day and be like, guys, like, I'm sorry. Like I really actually should have said I want to, (laughs) uh, I want to, I don't know, but yeah, I guess that's okay. my answer and I guess I'll have to stick to it, but I'll probably end up yeah. – I eat I eat salad every day, so I'm kind of married to salad, but I guess if I could eat sushi every day, I would.
2: Okay. Well, if we're going to yeah. stick you to that. We'll add it to yeah. your, your bio. Make sure you never forget that for the rest of your life. Put it on your tombstone okay, that this sweet. is your answer.
3: Right. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: Amazing. That's what I'm here for, just to ruin your yeah. day.
3: Well, I just want people, yeah, I just want people to know that uh, I I eat salad every day, so I'm not a salad hater. Um, yeah, you're gonna get canceled. Yeah, I don't want to be canceled for this answer. So
2: you might be. If it's gonna be anything, it's gonna be this.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs>
2: okay, well, very important. Thank you for thank you for the hard hitting work. Um, well, that was an absolute blast, Liam. Thank you so much for for being here and telling me about your. Your story and your strange but still interesting <laughs> journey, and answering the tough questions for me. That was very enlightening.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that was the hardest part of this whole interview.
2: Was that I know. Last question? <laughs> well, think about that. Get back to me if you change your mind. We won't, we won't, oh, I will. P- you know, we'll pencil it in. We won't do like Sharpie or anything. Okay. Yeah, it's erasable. Okay. You got it. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The FeedFeed, Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The and don't forget to follow Liam on social media at Liam's Lunchbox, on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradio.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from our listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.